You are listening to the Good Shepherd Church Owensboro podcast. For more information, visit goodshepherdchurch.cc. Wasn't worship wonderful? That's awesome. That song, uh, we actually just heard that song. I don't even know what it's called. Your Nature. Uh, I think the Belonging wrote that song maybe or maybe not. Uh, Carrie Jo, somebody said? Okay, cool. I think she's actually a part of their worship team in Nashville. Um, like Maddie said, didn't that song, it just something is shifted in that song. The words of that song is just really powerful. And uh, man, honestly, um, we probably should have stayed there for a little bit longer. <laughs> you know, um, at this church, I'd like to see us get to a place where um, if the Lord starts to really move and, and powerful things happen, that we don't have to interrupt what the Lord's doing to take an offering. Did you hear me? How many of you know you shouldn't give to this church just because we take up an offering? If you're only giving because you are here or just because we pass the things around, then you're not really giving for the right reasons. You should give regardless. That's why our church has been sustained through the the pandemic is because people, uh, they already made a decision to give regardless of anything. It was their giving to the Lord. Even if we weren't going to be here, they were still going to give. And those of you who were faithful during that time, bless you. But wouldn't it be amazing if we didn't have to interrupt what the Lord is doing in a sense to take up an offering? I must be transparent this morning. Most churches and most pastors were just, you're afraid because the reality is even when we cancel a service because there's snow or something, our literal, that, that, that tithe for that week disappears. Literally. It's real quiet in here. <laughs> it just does. And it's unfortunate because it's like, oh, do we want to risk if there's three inches of ice, we better have service because no one's going to give money to the church unless we have service. Yeah, I know it's real quiet. I'm going to be real with y'all this morning, right? But wouldn't it be incredible if the Lord is continuing to move that we don't have to say, okay, okay, hurry up, let's get an offering, let's pass the things around because people probably won't give unless we do. Right? Okay, I got everybody's attention, people online. We have an offering box right outside the office door. We're going to put another one right at the exits of these signs, or at the exits of this church. You can always give online however you please. You can text to give. You can give online. You can give. It doesn't have to be Sunday. How many of you know that? <laughs> but I'm saying if, if we have to, I mean, there's been so many times I believe that the Lord just begins to move and we have to like, okay, well, we got to transition. And I just hate that. And I just don't want to do that ever again. Can somebody say amen? So would you do me a favor and would you still be faithful with your giving even if we don't necessarily pass out the plates? Somebody say, I will. <laughs> okay. About a third of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Anyways. But man, wouldn't it be awesome if you just give because you're giving to the Lord anyways? It's something that you made up. I love, I saw a pastor's Facebook last night. He said, Sunday morning church is a Saturday night decision. Can somebody say amen to that? All the parents out there. Is that, is that true or not, right? Sunday morning church is a Saturday night decision for all of you people. On Saturday night, I've made a decision. I'm going tomorrow, amen? Giving is a heart decision. It has nothing to do with whether or not you're there on Sunday morning. You're going to make a decision in your finances and your family whether or not you're going to give. And there should be nothing that's going to stop you from giving. Amen? Nothing's going to stop me from giving to the Lord. I promise you that. Nothing. Zero. Because it's not mine, right? 
I'm not giving based on how well the preacher is. I'm not giving on any of those things. I'm giving as my, my faithfulness and obedience to the Lord. Amen? And she's always talking about money. No, I'm talking about let's not get in the way of the Lord moving. Amen? Let's not get in the way. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to just touch on this for just a moment. Um, there's a part of that song that said... Uh, Basically, to speak to this wasteland that you will, it will bloom again. Something like that. My goodness. Did that register with anyone in this room? That you've seen some stuff taken from you? You've seen maybe your life looks like a wasteland. Maybe your family looks like a wasteland. Maybe your kids, it looks like a wasteland. Your job situation, your finances. But wouldn't it be amazing if you could partner with faith this morning and prophesy and say, it's going to bloom again. That it's going to bloom. And I, I'm telling you, there's something that prophetic about that song, even for this church specifically, for this house, that it, was, it will bloom and flourish in Jesus' name. And we're believing that, and I believe it's happening. And so, anyways, man, that song just really, really speaks to me so, so much. And also, that's the other thing I was going to say. It said, break out of disappointment. And break out of hopelessness. And I believe there's a moment, even right now, we can still get right back into it. Pay attention. That if you've been in hopelessness and you've been in, in, in brokenness, that you can break out of it right now. You can break out of that place. And you can go from the morning to dancing this morning. You can go from beauty, or from ashes, right? To beauty to ashes. You can go from that place. God wants to get you out of that place. That you came in here hopeless. You came in here completely in despair. But I'm telling you, you can break out of that this morning. It's not just cool lyrics. It's not just a cool song we sing. It's, it's a truly a prophetic moment for you to get out of that place and start to live in joy of the Lord. Can somebody say amen? How many of you would like to live in the joy of the Lord? I don't know about you, but there is, there is no hopelessness of the Lord. There is no the brokenness of the Lord. No, it's the, that is literally, there's not a despair of the Lord. There's no place of depression in the Lord. There's a place of joy and hope in the Lord. We are a people of hope, of everlasting hope. And we can all be real, like Maddie said, and, and we all have real issues. Can somebody say amen? I got real things going on in my life. I got real problems. But I'm telling you today, the Lord was speaking to me and saying, break out of hopelessness, Michael. Break out of that place. Come out of that place. That's not where I've called you to live. My goodness. And I believe we stay there way too long. We stay there way too long in this despair and just letting the enemy just have his way. Man, I think one of the best sermons I ever preached was a cry of anguish and a song of praise. And it was about Jesus on the cross. And basically the devil wants us to stay in the cry of anguish but never make it to the song of praise. Did you hear me? It's okay. We get in cries of anguish. We get in hurt, broken places. Amen? But we have to lead to the song of praise. We have to make it to that place and say, God, you're still worthy of my praise. You're still good. You're still the healer. You're still saving and you're going to save my family. Can somebody say amen? Listen, I, I love what Randy Clark said. I was listening to him the other day. He said, it doesn't matter. So, for too long in churches, we put, we put the, uh, the way the service is going to go on the people who attend. But I love what he says. He says, I have enough faith for both of us in this room. I have enough faith. So your pastor, I have enough faith this morning that God is going to be God this morning and God's going to move mightily even more throughout the rest of this service regardless of where your faith is at. Can somebody say amen? Man, God is here, church, and He's giving out. He, he's giving out revelation. He's giving out truth. He's giving out freedom. And can we just take a hold of that this morning? Take a hold of it. Don't just come to church. Take a hold of something He's given out. Amen? Don't leave the way you came. 
That's just silly. Look at your neighbor. Say, don't be silly. Let's pray. Let's probably read my scripture first. I didn't go to seminary. Here we go. Heavenly Father, you are so good and you're mighty and you're full of love and mercy. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd give your people ears to hear and eyes to see. That God, that you would speak through me, that you would anoint me by your spirit, Lord, like you did your son. And God, that you would just break chains this morning, that you would, and they would teach thoroughly through me, God, that you would bring wisdom and revelation in this house and people would leave different than the way they came in. In Jesus' mighty name, can somebody say amen? Somebody say, I'm hungry. And not just for food. Come on, for the word. Come on, somebody. For the word. For the word of God. Amen. All right, we've been talking about what? The supernatural. Come on, somebody. I wish I had a gift card to give you. Boom. We've been talking about the supernatural. What's up, Byron? My guy. Love you, my friend. Um, we've been talking about the supernatural. Um, we've been talking about the power of God. How many of you know that God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever? He hasn't changed. The power of God hasn't changed. It hasn't ceased. I think the only thing that has ceased is our belief. The only thing that's changed is faith. Right? We've just started not to believe these things. We've been talking about the supernatural. Somebody say supernatural. We've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Somebody say the gifts of the Spirit. How many of you have the Holy Spirit in you? Wouldn't it be amazing if you started to use and flow through the gifts of the Spirit and it's not you? Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be awesome if you got to actually start to be a part of something supernatural by His Spirit? Wouldn't that be awesome? It, it is amazing. How many of you have ever been used supernaturally by the Lord before? Raise your hand real high. Isn't it encouraging? Isn't it powerful? Doesn't it encourage you to know that God is still, He's still moving, He's still doing these things? And I love at this church that we believe in all of the Bible. And we teach all of the Bible. So we're going to talk about 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10 and 11. If you have your scripture, that's kind of the main scripture for today. And that scripture says to this, it's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. All right. Whoever's up there today, try to flow and go with me as fast as you can. I love you. So, hey, give it up for our media team. They're sitting up there, not being able to necessarily be down front in worship and make sure you guys have lyrics. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, 11. It says, To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. Somebody say spirits, plural. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. Uh-oh, it's that kind of church. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Okay, so last week we talked about the gift of prophecy. How many of you were here for that? And we had an awesome testimony and what the Lord did with a brother here in this church and God's moving in his life. Um, I could talk about prophecy for weeks and maybe at a, a later time I'll go into that a little more. Um, but for right now, we're trying to get through our core values. We're stuck right now on the supernatural because I believe the Lord told me to teach on the gifts of the Spirit. Somebody say teach. How many of you know there's a little difference between teaching and preaching? How many of you know we need to learn about the gifts of the Spirit? To learn. Right? So here we go. I talked about the gift of prophecy. The simple gift of prophecy is for, for what? It's for the edification, the exhortation, and the upbuilding. How many of you know you don't have to be the fortune teller? You can just simply there for the edification, the upbuilding, and the encouragement of the body. This is a simple gift of prophecy. Let me give you a little trick. If you go up to somebody and say, you know what? I think your mom's going to die tomorrow night. That's not it. I don't feel edified, encouraged, or exhorted whatsoever. Now, I will talk about at a later time, there is a difference between actually being a prophet and functioning in the gift 
the simple gift of prophecy. How many of you know that prophets, they speak for the Lord and they speak things that could come to pass? But I'm telling you, the simple gift of prophecy is for encouraging. Okay? So if you're thinking, um, is anything crazy like that? Well, I, I see that uh, your house is going to burn down in two weeks. Well, that's a pretty bold thing to say, right? <laughs> Maybe you'd be very careful about what we say. Also, I think we need to be very careful. I think kind of an old-time thing is saying things like this. Thus saith the Lord. How many of you know that God is never wrong? Ever. He's never wrong. He cannot lie. He cannot be wrong in any way, shape, or form. So I'd be very careful if you're going around maybe saying, Thus saith the Lord. Whew. You might just want to say things like, Hey, I feel like the Lord is saying this. I feel like this is what I hear the Lord saying. Now granted, we will, we will all know if thus saith the Lord if it comes to pass. Amen? We will know. But I, I don't recommend that. I mean, if you heard somebody say that, Thus saith the Lord, O God Almighty. No, maybe that's just you, bud. Right? <laughs> so, just be careful, okay? How many of you know there's grace? Say grace. That means you might make mistakes, and that's okay. There's grace. God is not maybe like how your father was towards you when you made mistakes. Can somebody say amen? He's a loving father full of grace and mercy and truth and compassion. He's amazing. So there's one last thing I want to talk about the gift of prophecy um, before I move on to the distinguishing of spirits this morning that I didn't get to last week, but I think it's very important, okay? Some of you might be thinking, well, why are we even talking about this? Because it's in the Bible, and we are a charismatic church. We believe in the power, and all the gifts of the Spirit are still flowing and moving today. And we want to see them manifest, not only from the, the, the pastors and leaders, but from everyone in the church. This is for everybody, amen? Everybody, say, somebody say, it's for me. It's for me. Last thing, a, a misuse of a gift of prophecy. Pay attention. One of the misuses I see in the gift of prophecy is that we try to bring correction through a prophetic word instead of through relationship through the Bible. Write that down. Did you hear me? So, for example, well, I see that Mike is... Uh, you know, really, really harsh with his wife, and it's really obvious, and I see that he's really rough with his kids. You know, when he comes to the altar, I'm going to pray because it's easier for me to say, well, uh, I feel like God is saying that he, you know, um, that you're just too harsh, and he wants to calm you down, and that's just what the Lord's saying, brother. Do you hear what I'm saying? Some of you might not understand that, but some of you do. I've, I've seen this happen. It's a misuse of the gift of prophecy. How many of you know that the, with the simple gift of prophecy is what? Upbuilding. Exhorting, encouraging. You know what the listen here check this out. That the scripture, right? The written word of God is useful for what? Rebuking. Whoo! So let's not use necessarily the simple gift of prophecy, the Rhema word of God, for something that the the written word of God is supposed to do. Through relationship. Okay? Does that make sense? And so, does that make sense? So somebody raised their hand. The Bible says that the Bible is useful for correcting, teaching, rebuking, exhorting one another, right? And training in all righteousness. So if some, how many of you know that it's in the Bible that you shouldn't be harsh with your wife? So what we're scared of doing is sitting down and having relationship with someone and saying, hey, I'm actually I'm noticing some patterns in your life. This is not good. This is not healthy. And I want to help you. I love you. You're better than this. Instead, we just give them a word and walk away. Well, I see, man, see, I just see on you, Pastor, that you're making, I just see some bad decisions on your life. You're making some bad decisions with this church. That's what the Lord says. No, that's probably what you're saying. 
uplifting, edifying, and encouraging. You want to play it safe and stick to the simple? Encourage someone. You know how easy this is? Hey, God, what is something I could say to them that would, what are you saying to that person right now? Have you ever felt, how many of you ever felt like, I just, I just feel in my heart I need to go encourage this young lady? I just feel I need to go. There's something. Half the times when God uses me in the prophetic, I have no idea what I'm going to say until I start praying. No clue. And to be honest, you can ask a lot of people that I've prophesied over, I don't really ever remember what I said. I know uh, Jenny Neighbors, she would say that all the time. She would say, well, remember, you, you told me this and this and this. And I was like, I don't remember that. Because it just comes. It's a gift, right? It's not a talent. It's not an aptitude. It's just something that is from the Holy Spirit that we can flow. And it's not me or you. Amen? So we don't want to misuse, we don't want to give people words of correction instead of actually having a man-to-man real conversation or woman-to-woman and saying, these are some things I've noticed in your life, some things you should work on. I love you so much. You're amazing. This is not who you are. Amen? Amen. That's good. All right, here we go. The next one, this next gift we're going to talk about today. Um, Side note, next week, I think it's next week, Chris Donald, is that May 2nd next week? Pastor Chris Donald is going to be here. It's going to be incredible on a Sunday morning. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be really, really good. I haven't told him this yet, but I have felt in my heart, um, and I'll talk to him as well and see what he's feeling, but I feel like there's many people who need to get baptized. And I feel like a lot of you have been baptized. Now, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to get rebaptized to go to heaven. I'm saying that I I believe that there's people that God is working on, that He is leading you to get baptized again. Some of you have not been filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe it could be the next step in being re-baptized in water, and you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maddie, I came home one day, for I told you all this story plenty of times. I came home one day, Maddie looked at me and said, I feel like God's telling me to get re-baptized in water, and then He's going to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. We can't explain it, but she got baptized in water, got baptized in the Holy Spirit two days later, so it is what it is. How do you know the Lord's not wrong? If he says something, remember what Maddie just said? I feel like God told me this. Well, guess what? We know it was God because it happened. Right? But we have to step out in faith. We have to step out. We have to take some risk. I feel like God's saying this. And I also want to, to speak to the intercessors, the true intercessors in this house, that God has a place for you. And the Lord's been speaking to me about really getting our intercessors together and really getting a, a real good team of what really the Lord is saying and doing in our services and in our church. You know who you are. Amen? Just Maddie. All of them are like, oh, I don't know about that. All my real intercessors, they don't want the microphone. They don't want to be seen. They want to go in a back room somewhere and just pray. Amen? That's the ones we need. So anyways, the distinguishing of spirits. This is extremely important gift of the Spirit. To be able to tell... What spirit is coming from? So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, a gift of the spirit. It says, to another, the distinguishing between spirits. So the King James Version says, to another, discerning of spirits. So discerning means looking beyond the outward to the inward or seeing right through. Another kind of word we could use is intuition, which my wife loves to remind me that I'm not very good at. Right? I mean, any other men in this place that struggle with maybe even women, not very intuitive. It's like, can you not see what I'm trying to say? No, I heard what you said. I cannot feel what you were trying to say. No, I, I take it. Somebody say amen to that, right? Anybody else can say, I don't really have very much intuition. But if you have the Holy Spirit, you can have the discerning of spirits. You, it's a supernatural gift, amen? 
I need a supernatural gift on how to be intuitive more with my wife and my kids and everyone else. Amen? <laughs> Woo! Y'all need to loosen up this morning. I'm having a lot of fun up here. Some of you don't look like you are, but anyways, moving on. Um, looking beyond the outward to the inner. See, here I am. See my intuition? I'm not using it right now. Looking beyond the outward to the inward. Seeing right through, okay? Seeing right through. So, uh, there's three spirits, okay? Pay attention. There's three spirits that things can be coming from. You ready? There's a spirit of man. Say man. There's a spirit of God. Say God. And then there's evil spirits. How many of you understand that? So there's three different spirits that things could be coming from, all right? So with, with this, our spirit, we can know God, right? How many of you know God is spirit? God is spirit. In the book of John, chapter 1, it says, And then God became flesh. This spirit took on flesh and dwelt among us. And we know that person to be Jesus. God is spirit, okay? So here's a good definition. Take a picture. Ooh, that one right there. There we go. The discerning of spirits. Look at this. It's the special ability given by the Holy Spirit. How many of you know there's a difference between the gift of discernment and the gift of suspicion? Can somebody say amen? <laughs> well, I don't know. There's just something about her I don't like. Is that the Holy Spirit telling you that? Or is that your little judgmental self telling you that? Woo! Probably the latter. Okay. The special ability given by the Holy Spirit to look beyond, say beyond, what ordinary men see when a spirit is manifesting itself. Did you hear me? We need this. Church, say, somebody say, we need this. Is the ability to know by which spirit a man is speaking or acting. Right now, as I'm preaching the Word of God, you can see whether it's from me, it's from the Lord, or it's demonic. Some of y'all are still trying to figure it out. The special ability given by the Holy Spirit. I love this right here. To look beyond what ordinary men see. Outside of these things. If you struggle, if your personality type, and listen, there's nothing wrong with you. If you are naturally a more of an outside of the, uh, a judging person and not really a perceiving person, that's okay. It's how God made you. But you're going to have to learn how to look outside of what you can see. For example, somebody walks in here with long hair and a Pink Floyd shirt on. I would probably naturally think, well, maybe they're a hippie and maybe they smoke a little weed. You know, I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying I'm off, my mind would first go there. Maddie's the different. She's different. She's a perceiver. Her first thought would be, well, maybe he just plays music and that's his dad's shirt. I mean, whatever. People are different, right? But we look beyond. It's a spiritual gift that looks beyond to see what spirit someone's acting. And not the same as that. That's more of intuition. So... Here we go. How many of you know that Satan is a counterfeiter? How many of you ever had counterfeit money? Oh, just kidding. <laughs> so he's like, no, I sure haven't. They're still trying to get me on that one. No, no. Some of y'all are laughing because y'all understand the goodness of God and grace. Some of y'all are thinking, oh my gosh. I can't believe this pastor used to not be saved before. <laughs> The religious spirit, I love to just bring it down. It's my favorite thing. So how many of you know the devil is a counterfeiter? He wants to counterfeit things that God does. He's a counterfeiter. He wants so, so how many of you see words of knowledge, the prophetic? How many of you know there's also mediums and psychics? 
How many of you know that? Let me give you a verse real quick so we can see where God stands. Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12. I need another screen like right behind me. Here we go. Let no one, somebody say no one. Hold on a second. Maybe I got the different version. Okay, maybe I'm wrong here. Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12. Uh-oh. I think I got it mixed up here. I don't know my Bible good enough. Let's make sure I get this right. Oh, okay. It is right. Come on, somebody. Yeah, thank you. When you come into the land which the Lord gives you, you shall not learn to follow abominable practices in these, of these nations. There shall not be found among you any who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or who uses divination, or who is a soothsayer, or an auger, or a sorcerer, or a charmer, or a medium, or a wizard, or a necromancer, whatever that means. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Say abomination. And it is because of these abominable practices that the Lord your God is driving them out from among you. How many of you know that media and psychics and all this, there is a counterfeit? There is a counterfeit. You remember in King Saul that he consulted with the medium trying to look for advice. You have to be able to determine in the body of Christ about what spirit something is coming from. Like I tell you all many times, people say, well, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. I say, what spirit? What spirit is that? Because I can tell you right now, if it's not the holy one, it's an unholy one. It's a different kind of spirit. And how many of you know when you mess with those kinds of spirits, they'll mess with you? And you see that in King Saul. He consults with the medium in the Old Testament. And, and Saul should have known because in Leviticus 20 verse 6, if you can put that up, God says, I will set my face against the person who turns to mediums and spiritists to prostitute himself by following them. He's saying you cannot replace wisdom and counsel from me with wisdom and counsel from anything else. And it's not just spiritists. It could be your therapist. Well, my therapist is telling me this. Well, guess what? What is the Word of God telling you? What is the Spirit of God telling you to do? I don't care what your therapist is saying. And you could probably, people will hate what I'm saying this, but I'm telling you right now, we are new creations. We're not of this world. We're sojourners. We're passing by. This is not who I am. I'm not, I'm not a human being with a temporary spiritual experience. I'm a spiritual being with a temporary human experience. This is who I am. This is who you are. You are a spirit being. That's who you are. Your spirit's going to live forever. And without Jesus, that spirit and that soul will go to hell. This is the truth. This is the gospel. But look what he says here. If a person turns to mediums and necromancers, whoring after them, sorry for the kids in the room, I will set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. This is not something that you play with. And if we go and we see... King Saul, on the end of his journey, right after consulting the medium, you see what happened. He was defeated in battle, and he killed himself. If you don't think those are tied together, you're wrong. When you start to mess with that stuff, people say, well, that's just superstition. Well, I'm telling you right now, God is not for it. He's against it. He's against it. Your wisdom and your counsel, all you need is Him. And you can hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. You can hear. Remember I told you weeks ago, I believe in ghosts. We all do, right? 
The King James Version says Holy Ghost, not Holy Spirit. Right? Some people are like, oh, what are they even talking about today? There's more spirits, and we need to know which one is which. Amen? So we need to be able to discern. Go back to that first slide. What spirit? Come on, somebody. Boom, look at this. Everybody say this out loud. What spirit is this? What spirit is this? This is the main question. What spirit is this? Holy Spirit, help me. Give me a gift to understand what spirit is this coming from. Amen? We need this, church. We don't, necessarily, we, don't, we don't only need to see how someone is acting out of a spirit. We need to see how we're acting in a spirit. I'll get to that in just a second. So, Paul tells us that some evil spirits can be recognized without the gift of discerning spirits. In 1 Corinthians 12, 3, remember he said that no one speaking by the Holy Ghost can say that Jesus be cursed. And no one speaking without the Holy Ghost can say Jesus is Lord. It's very serious. If someone is cursing God openly, it's very easy. You don't have to have a gift to realize, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to have a gift to realize that a medium or a psychic is not the Holy Ghost. Amen? God is our person we look to. Amen? So, discerning of spirits, let's look at Jesus' ministry. How many of you know Jesus is always the example we should look at? Right? I love this verse in John 3.34. It says that God gives the Spirit without measure. Isn't that good news? You ever heard, you've ever been to charismatic church before and we say things like, more Lord. More. More Jesus. Come on, can we just say that now? More Lord. More. Because he gives the Spirit without measure. Without measure, without limits, he gives the Spirit. And I want more of his Spirit in my life, right? So we look at Jesus. Jesus was what? Full of the Spirit of God, right? He was full of the Spirit, so Jesus could understand. He could distinguish the difference between different spirits, amen? Here's the key. You want to flow in any of the gifts of the Spirit? Be full of the Spirit of God. If you follow Jesus' example, that verse, you look at where he fasted for 40 days, and it said he came out of the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit and power. Maybe it's a fa you're a fast away from walking in the supernatural. Can somebody say amen? Hmm. So we look in John 1.47. So Jesus discerned a good spirit in Nathanael. Remember, he was walking through, and Philip was bringing Nathanael to Jesus, and Jesus said in John 1.47... He said, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How many of you who function in the gifts of the discerning of spirits can almost instantly know if somebody's born again? I know I can. I can, I can sense in my spirit if somebody truly knows the Lord. And I can also sense some other things. But I can just know, and God, just like Jesus did, he said, here truly is a true Israelite. Jesus had that and said, no, this guy's legit. And I can sense that about different people in this room and everywhere I go. I remember I was working at Colby's, and I could almost immediately sense every time I'd wait on somebody who were truly believers, full of the Holy Spirit. And this one guy, I looked at him, and I said, man, I just boldly asked him. I was waiting on him. I said, are you a pastor? And he said, uh, it was awesome because he was Baptist. Amen. And he said, uh, actually, yeah, I am, and I'm... You know, I'm just in town. Me and my wife are just visiting, just having a little day trip. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I said, man, I could really just sense that not only that you're a believer, that you are, you are a pastor, that you are a shepherd. You're a real, a real man of God. 
And uh, here I am waiting on him. So here I am, thought, oh, I'm going to give him some scriptures. So I gave him Ephesians, I think, 3, 14 through 17. I read it on, I wrote it down on their check. And, and I remember the next day, I saw him. He walked by Colby's. I was outside waiting on tables. I said, man, how are you doing? And he was kind of blown away a little bit. And he said, man, uh, those scriptures you gave me, that was my devotional this morning. And I said, it's because, as I, said, I said, that's the Holy Ghost. He was probably like, oh, okay. I guess so. <laughs> It sure is. How many of you know God's not wrong? I have been wrong with some things I have said. But I tell you one thing I've never said. Thus saith the Lord. Uh-uh, I'm not that silly. <laughs> no, no, no. Thus saith Michael. <laughs> and I think maybe it's the Lord. <laughs> I love a Sean Bowles. How many of you heard of him? He'll give out people's phone numbers. You don't, listen, you got to be careful getting around prophetic people, church. Did you hear me? How many of you know I love getting around super prophetic people because I have nothing to hide? There's something so freeing about being around prophets that, man, like I can say, I'm undone, man. You already know me. How many of you know Jesus was a prophet? How many of you know he knows everything about you? You can't hide from anybody. That's silly. Just rest in his grace. Rest in his love. Let him change you. Let him flip you upside down. Let him change your life. You can, you can hide from everybody in this church, but you can't hide from him. And you don't want to hide from him. He's full of love and grace and mercy. He, he's, he's the prodigal. He's the, he's the father in the story of the prodigal. He comes running with a ring and a robe. Throws a big party when you're making all mistakes. And the brother gets jealous. We can tell, discerning of spirits, people that are even with the Lord. So also we see where Jesus discerned the wrong spirit in James and John. It says Jesus turned. So you remember when they came back from the Samarians or Samaritans and they were like, we're going to call fire down from, from heaven and kill them. And Jesus was like, what are you talking about? Jesus rebuked them. He still used them though. Still gave them the keys to the kingdom. He didn't say, oh, like the, the religious circles do. Oh, you made one mistake. Can't do this anymore. You're out of here. He rebuked them. They were in a wrong spirit. And what happens is they were, they were being competitive. They were jealous. People are, people are acting like they're with you and they're not even with us. They're not a part of our 12. How many of you know there is no place for competition in the kingdom of God? There's no place. One thing that no one can say in this church that I have invited you personally to this church knowing that you're involved in another church. I don't do that. And I never will. There's no place. We have to get out of People who are working, pastors and churches that are working and competing with other churches are, are functioning in the wrong spirit. It's the wrong spirit. Are people getting born again at your church? Yeah, they are. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm happy for you, brother. <laughs> people getting discipled, lives are being changed. Man, I'm, I'm so happy for you. We are not the, the next restaurant down the road that people need to come try because they're mad at the restaurant they've been to. It's a wrong spirit to be competitive in the kingdom of God. And listen, we're not going to compete here with other churches. You might say, well, this other church has A, B, C, and D. Well, guess what? We're not going to compete with them. We're going to stick to the route and the track that God has given us. We're going to stick to the vision that God has given us. I'm telling you, so many people will come and try to take the vision and also try to change it. But we're going to stick to what the Lord is saying. What He is saying. But how many of you know we need to be able to discern what's from Him, what's from man, and what's from the enemy? Does that make sense?
So there's no competition, all right? We're not going to, a good shepherd church, we're not going to try to steal sheep. We will let God draw people here. If, if God drew you here from another church, that's between you and the Lord, okay? We will let God draw people here, and we will go after the lost and the unchurched. Did you hear me? How many of you know somebody that's lost or unchurched? Raise your hand. How many of you know some, Raise your hand real high. Come on, that was, uh, this is the participation day. Raise your hand high. How many of you know somebody who's lost or unchurched? How many of you know two people? How many of you know ten? Okay, our church has no problem to grow, does it? Not one problem, does it? Larry's going to bring most people to church. I've seen it on him right now. Most people are, you know what I did in the youth group? Because it's, you can do stuff like this in the youth group. I'd give the kids incentives. It's kind of messed up if you do it for adults. Because the kids didn't like give money. So I would say, whoever can bring the most kids in the end of this month, we get a $50 gift card to, you know, boy, or the Buffalo Wild Wings. Now that's be kind of sketchy if I did that with you guys. But I'll tell you what, I had one kid bring 11 people. Boom! <laughs> he was, I was sitting there thinking, then I got to, you know, preach a message and make him feel, make him feel bad. I'm like, why didn't you bring people anyways? They're lost and going to hell, right? Just kidding. But it's not about that. It's not about competition. That's a wrong spirit. Amen? It's not about competition in the different ministries in this church. That's a wrong spirit. If you're competing with one another on this platform, behind this piano, well, I can't have so-and-so play the piano because they're really, really good and everybody's going to notice that I'm maybe not that great. That's a wrong spirit. I didn't know it was on. That's a wrong spirit. Well, I hope they don't start letting that girl sing because she's going to bring the house down. They'll never use me again. That's a wrong spirit. That's actually an orphan spirit. We don't want that one either. It's not the Holy Ghost. You're better than that. You're amazing. And your value doesn't come from how you perform at anything. At all. That's good news. It ain't bad news. The good news is my value doesn't come from how well I preach. Even though I do an amazing job. Come on. <laughs> Some of you are like, uh-uh. I've been watching Stephen Furtick all week. Listen, y'all start giving me half a million dollars a year, I'll preach better, okay? Just kidding. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Woo! See, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. You see? It wasn't. That was me, right? Hey, some of y'all are thinking, well, what was it? Hey, just because it doesn't mean that it's always the devil. Some of y'all need to hear that. Just because it's not God doesn't mean it's always the devil. Well, I don't know. That's demonic. No, it's probably just them. In their pain, in their struggle, in their hurt, in their mess, in their confusion. It's probably just them. That's a good word. That was the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Thank you, Mandy. Holy Ghost. Pastor Darrell must have did a good job because you all still remember that. Holy Ghost. Somebody say Holy Ghost. Oh my goodness, it's 12-12. Y'all got at least another hour left in you, don't you? Our nursery workers back there like, <laughs> no, <laughs> save it for next week. <laughs> hmm. uh, let's see here. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't the Lord good? Mm -mm 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 -mm. You know what? So, let's do one more. We also see where Jesus in Luke 13, um, 
there was a woman who'd been crippled for 18 years. This is really important, guys. Check this out. When Jesus uh, saw her and called her over and said to her, woman, you are free from your disability. Check this out. Before that, though, there's a woman who's been crippled, right? And Jesus notices that her, her being crippled was actually a demonic spirit. Did you hear me? Here in the next couple weeks with our prayer team, we're going to be actually next month or so, we're going to be doing some training with our prayer team because we have to learn, and everyone in this room needs to learn, on how to actually pray for the sick. Because praying for the sick, sometimes, if you can see in this verse, look at this, woman, you are freed from your disability. The other one says your infirmity. It was a spirit on her. Let me see if I can read this to you real quickly. Some of y'all say, I love the Bible, even if it's weird. Chapter 13, here we go. He said, and there was a woman in verse 11, there for 18 years had had an infirmity caused by a spirit. It says here, a demon of sickness. Whew. How many of you know there's also a demon of despair? How many of you know there's also just despair? How many of you know there's also just regular sickness because you ate too many Cheetos and now you have diabetes? Not everything is demonic. We get in, I think in the charismatic circles we get caught up with like either it's God or it's the devil. Let's stop giving the devil so much credit. My goodness. It's the Lord. Amen. So she says here in verse 11, here we go. It's been caused by a spirit. She was bent completely forward and utterly unable to straighten herself or to look upward. Man, we've probably seen people like that in our life. Have you ever thought that maybe it was demonic? Verse 12, And when Jesus saw her, he called to her, to him, and said to her, Woman, you are released from your infirmity. How many of you know that not only can we distinguish between spirits if it is demonic we have the power to cast out spirits it's quiet in this church you have the power as believers how many of you know that medians psychics necromancers all that nonsense they don't have power to cast out demons they have no power over those things but as believers as jesus said jesus had the power and jesus was our example so we have the power, as it says in Mark 16, these signs will follow those that believe. They will cast out devils. Here's the good news. Or here's the bad news, if you will. Yes, there's evil spirits. Yes, there's demonic spirits. Here's the good news. We have the power to get rid of them. We have the power to say like Jesus said, young woman, you are set free now from this spirit. We have to know the difference. And also, for those of you who are struggling with sickness and disease in your body, you need to be able to discern and pray and ask God, is this demonic? I know it's quiet in here. Go read it for yourself. Read that scripture for yourself. Let me give it to you again. Luke chapter 13, verse 11, 12, and 13. Some of you might be a little confused. That's okay. But it was a demonic spirit. And we need to know when people come to the altar whether or not it's a demonic spirit. And one thing we need to have wisdom on, if it really is, we don't need to just tell the person, well, I think you're demon-possessed. How silly. Greater is he who is in me 
than he who's in the world. You know, Jesus didn't say, excuse me, ma'am, let me come over here and explain to you how you're demon-possessed right now. There's a demon in you. No, he just said, get out. Time to go. Some people talk to demons and talk to people. I'm just not into that. They want to talk to the demons and all that. How many of you know the demons and the devil's a liar? Where did you come from? What, do you think they're going to tell you the truth? Just come out. That's all I need. Here's a funny story. I had a pastor once. He said he messed up. He was casting out devil. Instead of saying, come out, he said, come here. <laughs> so you got to know how to pray right. You know what I mean? It's different. But Jesus had this power, and he gives this power to you. Isn't that amazing? Not just to the pastors, but we need to be able to tell and be able to answer this amazing question today. What spirit is this? What spirit is this coming from? I'll go, I'm going to go back into this in a couple weeks. Can we stand to our feet? Thank you, Jesus. I need someone to come play this piano as soon as possible on the worship team. Let's just focus for just a minute, guys, before we leave. And I'm believing that God is going to give us faith in this room that we would be able to receive all the gifts of the Spirit and flow in them. Amen? How many of you have faith for that? I want to receive these things. I want to flow in these gifts. Why? For the edification of of the body. I want to see the body of Christ be edified and encouraged. Amen? This is very important, church. We need to be able to tell what spirit things are coming from. Amen? Because the enemy is there to distract you and detour you in your life. He wants to get you off the track God has for you. He wants to distract you from what God is doing. And we'll learn in a couple weeks that God will even use other believers to speak out of the wrong spirit. And confuse you. I'm here to tell you this morning that God is not an author of confusion. When He speaks, He speaks and it brings confirmation. And it rests on us. How many of you ever received a prophetic word and you just you knew it brought confirmation to something you were already praying through? Isn't that awesome? Didn't you feel encouraged? And you need this gift, church, to even be here and, and to choose a church. You need to be able to distinguish what kind of spirit the pastor is operating in. To be honest, sometimes I operate in my own immature spirit, as you can see. My heart's desire is to flow and move and by His Spirit and nothing else. And I want to be able to discern these things. Would you just close your eyes? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you are the giver of all gifts. Father, we just pray for an impartation of those who are truly hungry and truly desperate after your gifts right now, Father, that you would just fall on them by your Spirit, Lord. God, that you would give them discernment of spirits even right now, Lord, that they would walk in this gift, that they would flow in this gift, Lord. 
And they would walk in power. And Lord, they would walk in humility. That it's not something that we're supposed to lord above other people and say, look at all the gifts I have. It's something that we walk in humility and say, look at the grace God has given me. It's a grace that comes. So Father, I just speak that grace right now over your people. The grace to receive. Thank you, Jesus. Could our prayer team come quickly? Thank you, Lord. Do me a favor. Just put your hand on your neighbor if they're okay with that. And just say this. Say more, Lord. Say greater measure. Come on, this is for everybody in the room. Put your hand on your neighbor if they're okay with that. If they're not okay, that's fine. Just say more. More revelation. More understanding. More grace. To walk in these gifts. For your glory. In Jesus' name. Come on, can we put our hands together for the Lord this morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, can we give it up for our worship team as well this morning? They did an amazing job. Hallelujah. And also, before you leave, if you need prayer for anything at all, if you have sickness in your body, if there's anything you need, if you need to give your life to Jesus, if you say, listen, I don't even know if I'm saved. I don't even know if I'm born again. If you need to repent of your sins and turn your life over to Jesus Christ and make Him Lord of your life, then I encourage you to come before you leave. And if you're with somebody that you know needs to give their life to Jesus and you believe God is pulling on their heart, come with them. And come down to these altars and, and leave this place knowing that you have blessed assurance that your soul is in rest. Don't leave this place if you do not know Jesus. Today is the day of salvation. And somebody say amen. So if you need prayer for anything at all, if you just say, hey, listen, the whole idea that coming down here for prayer is some type of walk of shame is just a ridiculous thing. This is a place of restoration, of hope, and of love, and of mercy. This is the greatest place to come and receive. Can somebody say amen? So if you need prayer, don't be discouraged. Just come on down. You can even come now. Or you can look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Come on, everybody in this room. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, do you need prayer for anything? And if they say yes, just say, I'll go with you. So let me pray for you. Father, we love you. We bless you. We honor you. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this house, Lord. You are faithful. You are so faithful, God. Even when we're not, Lord, you are faithful. I thank you, Lord, that you are, make, you are making, you are blooming flowers and fruit in the wasteland, oh God. And we just, we rest in that today, Lord, that you are making things new. You are an amazing God and you're full of grace, Lord. Bless these families, bless these fathers, bless these moms, these grandmas, these grandpas, these great-grandmas and grandpas, these sons and daughters, Lord. Bring joy to their life today. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. Bless you guys. Have a good week. Um, this is the last week for the Bartley's small group on Tuesday night. So if you can, make it there at 7 o'clock. Uh, the Wednesday night will go on for the next three weeks with the, uh, uh, here in the foyer. So bless you guys. Have a good day. If you need prayer, go ahead and come down. We'll wait.